data compiled by a French economist, Thomas Piketty. Building on research he conducted with economist Emmanuel Saez beginning in the early 2000s, Piketty uses tax data from the IRS to trace the path of income inequality over the last century. As we can see in figures 2-1, 2-2, and 2-3, he finds that after declining during the post-World War II era, Income inequality has been rising for the last 40 years, driven primarily by the top 1% of earners. In addition to income inequality, which refers to differences in the amount of money that people earn on a regular basis, such as their annual salaries, Piketty also found a rising wealth inequality, which refers to differences in people's net worth. For our purposes, the details of these trends aren't important. What the inequality critics stress is the U-shaped nature of the curves. Inequality, they point out, is high before World War II, a period they call the Long Gilded Age, falls during the post-war era, the Great Compression, and rises again around the late 1970s, the New Gilded Age. In their telling, it was only during the Great Compression when the government successfully fought inequality that the American dream came close to being realized. These statistics have been challenged to varying degrees. Although Piketty's graphs give the appearance of rigorous finality, this disguises the fact that there are enormous challenges in assessing the extent of inequality and how it has evolved over time. Not only are the data sometimes sketchy, but there are many options in deciding which data to use. For instance, if we are trying to assess income inequality, what do we count as income? Do we count pre-tax income or post-tax income? What about government handouts, usually referred to as transfer payments? What about non-monetary forms of income, such as health care benefits? And how do we adjust for inflation and for demographic changes, such as the aging of the population or a rise in divorce rates? which can impact inequality data in misleading ways. Different choices on these and other matters can lead to very different results. When it comes to measuring wealth inequality, the problems are magnified, in part because the historical data are far less reliable. It's no accident that while there is general agreement that income inequality has been increasing, there is nothing like a consensus when it comes to wealth inequality. Although Piketty shows wealth inequality increasing in the United States since around 1970, other researchers, including critics of inequality, have found that wealth inequality has remained stable or even declined. We'll have more to say about Piketty's data and the theoretical conclusions he draws from the data later. But even if we concede the accuracy of these trends, the inequality narrative still does not hold up. It misrepresents the past, and it distorts the present. How Gilded Was the Gilded Age? Middle-class America didn't emerge by accident, writes economist Paul Krugman. It was created by what has been called the Great Compression of incomes that took place during World War II and sustained for a generation by social norms that favored equality, strong labor unions, and progressive taxation. We'll come back to what exactly Krugman means by middle-class America in Chapter 7. But one thing is clear. 
Americans were prospering long before the post-war era. Inequality may have been high, but the vast majority of Americans were living better and better lives. Start with wages. Not only were wages rising throughout the 19th and early 20th centuries, but they were rising at an accelerating rate. See figure 2-4. This was at a time before the government was doing anything to fight economic inequality. There were no laws supporting unions, union membership was very low, and there was no minimum wage. Wages were set by the market, and as workers became more productive, they saw their wages rise. But even this striking growth in wages does not capture all the gains made by Americans. Consider, for instance, the unprecedented increase in longevity that took place during this era, which is one solid measure of standard of living. Life expectancy from birth rose from 38 in 18...